You're listening to Money Shots, a weekly podcast where one recovering shopaholic and one very rational financial expert talk all things money. So hi guys, welcome to our fourth episode and today we're going to talk about um, nav- navigating the war of jobs, side hustles, passive income and all the kind of things. Um, before we get started, just want to say thank you to all our fans. Thank you very much. Do you think we have fans? <laughs> I think have lah. Maybe one or two. One or two. Uh, and friends who have been supporting us for our past few episodes and uh, following us on our social media. Thank you so much. I'm so touched. <laughs> and um, whether you're whether you're like on the way to work or at work or on the way home or at home, <laughs> sleeping, or trying to fall asleep. Thanks for listening to us talk nonsense. Yeah, for an hour, I think. Thanks. Welcome to the Money Shops fam. If it's your first time, go and listen to our previous episodes. It's very juicy. Yeah, lots of tea. Yeah, okay, let's go. Okay, so today we're going to talk about jobs and how we're going to navigate the whole maze with all the different options out there. The first thing I want to ask you, Joey, is that, you know, for fresh grads, we can choose like startups, SMEs, MNCs. And of course, for startups, you're expected to take on a lot more responsibility. But because of that, you, you do more stuff and you learn more. Whereas on the other spec on the other end of the spectrum for MNCs is a very big organization, so you're like a small gear or a small cog in a big system. You're a small cog. Cog. In a cog. in a big system. <laughs> so which which one would you prioritize? The startup where you have more knowledge or would you prefer an MNC where you earn more? To be honest, I have no experience working at MNC la. Okay. So I wouldn't know. Okay. Uh, I've only been working in a startup for the past like four to five years. Oh, that's quite well. Yeah, but I feel personally that if you start out in an MNC first, it's going to be pretty difficult to adjust to a startup life. That's true. But conversely, if you start out in a startup first and then move on to MNCs, it may also be quite restricting. Because you Meaning? know, in MNC, um, there's a restriction on what you can do and cannot do, and there's a lot. There's like, a structure, And there's a lot of like red tape, lah, basically. Yeah. And I think it's quite hard to adjust. But I feel that it will be easier to go from a place where you have to do a lot to a place where you don't have to do that much. Okay. Then from a place you don't have to do that much to a place where suddenly you have to do everything. Mm. That will be easier. But in terms of like the the pay wise, eh? Because for startups, of course, or at least most of the time, you are paid much less as compared to the to pay honest, you get at point. It depends on your priorities, right? Like some yeah. people may feel that since they are younger, they just graduated, they are, they are not much um, like responsibilities. They are still staying with their parents. They don't need a car. It's mm. not like they're getting married yet. Mm. So like it's it's easier for them to work in a startup and get a lower pay initially. Okay. Since they don't have to pay for that many things. Yeah. But there are also people who think that, oh, since I just start out, right, you know how like um as the year passes, like your pay increment decreases. Okay. Like the percentage decreases. So there, there may be people who think like, okay, when I start out, I need to hustle, I need to earn as much money that I can I can so that mm. next time I can chill a bit more. Mm. So it's really the priority store. For me, mine is the 
no responsibilities, don't need that much money thing. Because you, you prioritize like knowledge. I prioritize um learning as much as I can. Mm. But for me it's a unique case because I didn't go to a, the top three use month. Mm. So sorry. So because I went to a private U, I already felt like I was at a losing end when, when compared to my friends. Okay. So that really spurred me on to prioritize learning more. Okay. But that makes if sense. I started off being in SNU at U or NUS, I will say that my decisions may have been different. Mm. Just because I'm on the level starting ground as everybody else and it's not like like I have to fight that much harder. Yeah. But because I'm from private you I feel like I need to do much more to match up to the level of my friends. And maybe get more experience, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, in order to like reach the same pay grade eventually. I think um the question that a lot of fresh grads have, how much to ask for your starting pay? I think that's a pretty common question. Mm. Especially like the difference between people. I think people who graduate from university is pretty well known, right? Like the market rate. Yeah. But for people who did not graduate from uni, like the highest education is from maybe like poly. Mm. Um, how do they ask for a starting pay as compared to their friends who are uni graduates? I'm not sure if you know about this app called Glassdoor. Yes. I think with Glassdoor, it's made the whole salary thing a lot more transparent. Even for non-degree holders, eh? But not every company has like the people put inputting their salary wah. Like only yeah. very very big companies have. Oh. I, I've searched before and a lot of companies don't really have that information. I think I'll use the degree holders as a benchmark still. And then maybe from there I decrease a little bit. But then again, if I feel that I'm competent and I can really do that particular job well, I will still ask for the same amount. Yeah. But you don't have the credentials. But I think the, the fact that you dare to even ask for a higher salary shows some confidence. And from that, I think you, you'll get the, the employer's curiosity. Then maybe you'll try certain other ways to like find out, is this prospect actually worth the amount of salary? Okay, to be honest, um, I would say that from coming from a startup, uh, mm. uh, big companies uh, care more about your education than startups. Okay. So if you are someone who did not go to uni but have a lot of like precious life skills or you like them smart, like street smart or whatever, right? I would suggest starting out in a startup mm. and gaining that startup experience. Because I would say I don't know I don't know if it's the same for all other startups out there, but for my previous company, we don't really discriminate against um like oh if you only graduate from poly you get a lower pay. If yep. you graduate from uni you get higher pay. There's no such discrimination. So I think um, it's a good choice to start a startup store. But I have a, an ex-colleague. <laughs> she gave me permission to share this story. So basically, I the point of us asking, not really us asking, but the point of us talking about this is that I feel that a lot of people like her, like devalue, undervalue themselves just because they didn't graduate from uni. Mm. So my friend when she first started off at my company, it was her second job. It wasn't even her first full-time job. Okay. When my ex-boss asked for um, her asking, she said that it's 1.7k. What? And 1.7k? My boss, my ex-boss laughed because it was so low. And <laughs> see, she asked for it, then my boss just gave it to her. Lah. So for a while, she was drawing 1.7k for it's- salary. I think that's way too low already. Bah. Yeah. How she got That number. Yeah. She said that she just didn't know the market rate. Like she didn't really have friends 
around her age who are in the same situation as her. Yep. So she just went to calculate how much she needs to survive and <laughs> add a bit more. Oh my god, she's so practical. So she survives on um, less than 1.7k a month. Then she's like, okay, la, I think 1.7k I can survive. La. So I just asked for 1.7k. Yep. So uh, please do not <laughs> do the same thing as be like I would say that the range right now is still a high two la. Depending on industry of course but High two oh. Yeah. High two meaning above two point five? Yeah. Two point five and above. High two uh below three. Cause you fresh grad starting pay is really like what three point eight eh? Average starting pay. Three point eight is so high? Yeah. I never knew. Yeah, I, I that was like a few years ago. But I know of friends who are fresh grads with degree holders who get home who bring home one point nine. Oh, how come? How come? The industry, I guess. To be honest, but then again, it's still marketing job. To be honest, right, your asking pay does not say much about you as a person, other than how much you can sell yourself during the interview. That's true. Because if you are like a damn good talker and you like wow the fucking interviewer, right? You can say you want like five k, and then if the person thinks that you are worth it, even though you have no degree. Then they'll give it to you, what? True lah. But at the same time, like you in your interview doesn't mean anything about you at work, lah. I have had people interviewing at my company who are like, who sounded damn good, and then when they started, it's just like, what the fuck. But do you feel like there's a difference in the kind of work produced between a degree and a non-degree holder? I do feel that degree holders have more technical expertise. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is coming from me as a designer because mm. I'm in mean design. Yeah. So because when you go to a degree, when you get a degree for design, you learn a lot more technical skills as yeah. compared to someone who just graduated from like a diploma. Yeah. So someone who is from who has a diploma will have to get those skills on their own accord. Like you need to go and self-learn or whatever, go yep. to your own course, courses. Yep. But you already know that those that have completed the degree, they already have that technical skill because they are forced to go through go it. But I can't say the same for degree holders and their work ethic. Okay. I wouldn't say that a person with a degree works better than a person who only has a diploma because I've had a there's lot no of- There's no There's no correlation. Like I, I have had a lot of interns from the top three unis, okay? I have interns there that I love, so don't come at me. <laughs> there were interns from unis that were very, very lazy and very shitty. I mean, to be fair, my company, my ex-company, what we do is, it takes a lot from a person. Okay. So not everyone can get used to that. But Take a lot meaning what? Like physically, mentally, and a lot physically. of time. Yeah, physically. we used to do retail, so we had to like open shops in the middle of the night. Oh. Like set up oh, that's quite after cool. um the malls closes and all that. Yeah. So it takes a lot, and I feel that um most of the time degree holders think that they are above things because they have the degree. Yeah, but if you have a di- usually diploma holders will not think that like. Like, whoa, I damn big because I got diploma. <laughs> but degree holders do think like, well, I have a degree. How can you be giving me do all this shit stuff? True, true, true. Yeah. I get the so consensus. I, because of that in general, like, people with no degrees, they work harder, la, technically. Like, they give more of themselves because... They want to catch up. They know that, like, I think it's like a mental thing also. Like, they know mm. that, like, oh, I don't have a degree, so I need to work harder. So, in, in, as a result, they do work harder. Mm. Yeah. So what do you do? What was your major in uni? 
Um, I majored in PR and web communications. Okay. But I'm a designer now, so clearly my degree was useless. So on this topic, right? As because you're a designer now, or you study something different. Yeah. Would you? What kind of advice would you give if someone would ask you, should I go for my passion or should I go for a higher paying job? It depends on your horoscope. <laughs> horoscope? <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I think it really depends. Eh, Wait, what's your horoscope? My horoscope is Aries. What's yours? Aquarius. Okay, anyway, the people who don't believe in horoscopes are like scolding us right now. Like, don't believe in horoscopes. People are not scientific. <laughs> but anyway, I think it depends on your personality. La, because okay. I do have friends who have no passion, they just want to earn money. Mm. So they just go and earn money now. Like, earning money makes them happy. Yeah. But to me, even if I earn a lot of money, if I hate my job, then I, I will hate my job. Yeah. So people like me really need to go for passion. Okay. Yeah. But I do have interest in a wide range of things, in a wide range of like topics or subjects or I don't know. Yeah. So Like what? Like me choosing to go into PR and webcoms is not a result of monetary gain. It's something like interested. Yeah, yeah, like it's also something I'm interested in. It's just that um because of circumstances I ended up being in design law. But if I ended up in a PR agency or I ended up doing like communications, it is also fine by me. Mm. I also have interest in those. But if you ask me to go and be an economist, I mean firstly I can't because I failed econs, but <laughs> even if I did well in econs, I'll be fucking miserable because I hate like numbers and charts and graphs and shit. Okay. Yeah. But that's because you don't like ma. So what if what if you're good at econs but at the same time you love to do ballet for example? Okay, I will I will advise you the person, I will advise you out there to very objectively assess your various skills mm. and rate it based on what you like most versus what you like the least okay. and then what you are best at versus what you are worst at. Yeah. And find a middle ground. Like yeah. is there something that you're super super good at that you also enjoy? Because if you enjoy something like I enjoy I enjoy singing. But if I can't fucking sing, <laughs> then I can't go and be a singer just because I enjoy what. Like, you yeah. know, sometimes um, you can be passionate, but you need to be good at it to make it a career. I think that's true. That's very important as yeah. well. For people to differentiate. Yeah, like, if you are a passionate dancer, but you can't fucking dance, then... I was in dance club, you know, for like two weeks. For real? Yeah, but I was when? like... In JC. But I was like, I can't fucking dance, so I quit. <laughs> what do you do in JC? Hockey. Oh, so are you good in hockey? No. <laughs> no, I, I'm good at I'm, I wouldn't say I'm good lah. I mean I played for like what One and a half years Okay I would say I'm okay I'm like above average As a player But I'm not like Freaking national level good lah So I won't go and be like Ooh I love hockey Let me be a National hockey player Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm like Freaking talented in hockey Then I'm yeah, sure So people cannot be in denial lah. They cannot just choose yeah. What they like I will say that If you you know a lot of people say that sometimes parents give like really shitty career advice because they always want to go for the money. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's good to ask them, like you don't have to ask them like which career you should be going for. Mm-hmm. Just ask them, just like mommy, you think I'm better at drawing or better at icons? She will tell you the truth one because it's your own parents. True. Because sometimes if you ask your friends, they won't tell you the truth. True. They will say like, ah, yeah, I think it was not bad. But actually you're fucking shit. <laughs> Can then do you agree that nowadays like a lot of Singaporeans at least, the, the top graduates, they are they are all trying to pile into finance industry, legal industry, consulting industry. Do you feel like this is super stereotypical? Like people are not opening their mind enough. 
Um, I mean, traditions still exist, right? After a lot of years, so it has been like drilled into our minds that these are the most prestigious causes, ma. Like, so okay. hard to get in. Yeah, that's true. Go in, confirm, get high pay, and then sometimes it's also the family pressure. Yeah. So I wouldn't fault them for doing that, lah. Yeah. I mean, I have friends who are in banking, and they are really earning a lot more than me, mm. and they don't look like they are miserable. <laughs> like they are. Actually, How long have they been? Two two years. Okay. Three years. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing to chase money. Some people can deal with it because that's basically what they're passionate about. Like yeah. they just want to be rich. But if you're someone who um gets really fucking miserable miserable when you have to do things that you don't like, then I was I would suggest not to lah because there may be some serious consequences when you like you know have to sacrifice certain things and then make certain decisions that go against like you. Like for me, I'm very like. Strong in my beliefs, mm-hmm. so I cannot compromise on. Okay. Yeah, you know how like in the finance or whatever, there are always situations where you have to like follow the system, like, follow the and then sometimes system. it's like a little gray. Okay. And you have to like do gray stuff. Mm. So you wouldn't do gray stuff. I think a lot of us can relate to that because I was reading this article and there's this interesting quote by this lady called Kathy Cheng, who is an MIT graduate. So what she said, and I'm gonna quote directly is. When I was growing up, everyone told me to work hard so that I could get into the best colleges and universities in the country. They told me that once I graduated from one of these top-tier schools, the world would be open to me. So I aspired and I got into MIT, arguably one of the best universities for science and technology in the world. However, when those daunting junior and senior years rolled around, when it came time to seriously consider what I wanted to do after graduation, I felt none of the freedom, none of the empowerment. Instead, I felt locked into a choice-filled, successful career paths, and for me, those manifested as finance and consulting. Like, do you feel like this is a perfect summary of what many of us go through, yes. especially in the Singaporean education system? A lot of people, and also a lot of parents, mm. they always say like, "You just go and get a good degree first. Yeah. After that, you can do what you want because yeah. you got that good degree anymore." But it's true. Like sometimes when you are doing a degree that you have no interest in, but guarantees you a successful, uh, air quotes career. Yeah. When you graduate, you end up having to choose from the careers that you majored in, mm. which is not even something you are interested in. Yeah. And a lot of um people think that it's very easy to change industries, but it's not. Okay, yes, that's uh, true. Yeah, it's really not. Like the there are there may be some overlapping skills. Mm. But um I have a friend who is in like IT now. Mm. Basically her dream is to be like freaking female empowerment. I don't know. Like she wants to work in the UN, like same as senior. La. Yeah. But because of her internship, she like launched a career path for herself in IT because like her boss then really liked her and all that. So she just yeah. because it, it was easy and it um, it promised like a high pay, so she went into IT. Okay. And now she's thinking of switching because she feels so miserable at her job. Yeah. I wouldn't say she's miserable. I feel like she don't want to go to work, but she's just thinking like, what am I doing in my life? Like, is this really something I want to do for the next thirty years? And mm. she realized that it's not, but she doesn't even know where else to go. Yeah. If not in the same industry, because let's just say she wanted to be a journalist, she can't just go into journalism. What's what what was the degree in? I think was in sociology. What? Then how did she get into? Yeah, totally unrelated. Mm. Yeah, so now 
she if she wants to jump into something else, she doesn't have any experience to back her up. So she yep. will have to go back to a entry level okay, with I her understand. degree. Ma. Yep. But she actually already has like three to four years of experience in the IT industry. Yep. So a lot of times when you have to jump industries, right, you just take a lot of steps backwards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that's super interesting because I think it's something that we all learned when we were in JC or in our secondary school years, which is this thing about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Where the first layer is physiological, then safety, love and belonging, esteem, and finally self-actualization. And it's interesting because the first two layers are actually physiological and safety. So in the world of finance, consulting, legal services, all that, right? It's very natural for us to be very enticed by the general salaries and all the trendy officers. But as you mentioned, it's very hard to, to change your industry because once you start getting used to that high six-figure salary and then you're steadily contributing to your like the highest amounts to your retirement accounts, wearing nice clothes, living in nice apartments and buying all the things you want whenever you want them, it's very hard to switch to another job or so, even though that is where your true passion lies in. I mean, there are people who like go from earning like fuckloads to like getting sick and tired of their rich ass lives, and then they're like, oh, now I want to go and pursue my true passion. Yeah. There are people like that lah. True lah. But then they have enough savings to still rich, live a rich life lah. Mm. Yeah. Because this phenomenon is called golden handcuffs. So this could be one of the reason why we have so many like depressed bankers, lawyers, consultants, and other professionals who after a while. After, after they have accomplished the physiological and safety levels, they no longer find meaning in their job. Lah. Yeah, but I would say arguably, it's, it's also easier mm. to pursue passion when you have the money. Okay. Like, when you are already rich, because you already have the money, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Okay. But if you are not rich, you're just like, I don't know, working class, it's hard to pursue passion. But do you feel like by because the time you reach that financial you, comfort you, too you have to worry about things like oh now I want to pursue my passion right like okay maybe now I don't have any responsibilities and my parents are still like I'm still living off them but what happens in 5 years in 10 years mm. I want to pursue my passion but the passion doesn't earn me that much money then next yep. time if I want to get married how? Yeah. So arguably it's easier to to be rich first lah I mean yeah. I always say that people who pursue their passion have to be rich but um when you when you are, when you chase the money first, of course it leads to more like psychological damage law. Mm. So like when you're 35, you're really like damaged inside. <laughs> and then like can't deal with life no more kind of thing. But do you feel like lifestyle creep is something that's very prevalent, prevalent? It is, that while you earn more, you spend more. So it is it's not necessarily that you have that big enough lump sum to to quit your current high paying job to pursue your passion. Yeah. A lot of people, okay lah, since you're talking about high paying jobs versus like, I don't know, startups. Yeah. I don't is it an assumption that startups don't pay high? Or it's just a consensus? Uh, I think it's a consensus that startups don't pay high because most of the time... Okay, I just don't want to be like scolded. So that's why I asked. But there are, I've gotten quite a few questions about like how it's like working in a startup now from people who are still in uni because I was in a startup now. Mm. So how is it like? Um, to be very honest, I don't know, I can't, I can't speak for all the other startups, startups out there, but um, you need to be used to not having any structure in a company. 
Yeah. But from my own experience, I did learn a lot. La. As you guys know, I'm a designer, right? But I previously said I majored in PR and comms. So basically, the entirety of my design skills was picked up in my startup career. Mm. Like, uh, I self-taught. La. I learned myself. I learned on the job and all that. And to be honest, without my startup career, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here now la, being a freelance designer. Yeah. Because like every single like Adobe Photoshop Illustrator I learned when I was there. Yeah. And it also taught me a lot about like being a leader, um, not complaining, uh, working long hours and being grateful for like the people around me. Mm. And I feel that, that those are some skills that is quite close to impossible to find in an MNC when you just start out there. Yeah. Because there's like next to no chance of you being a leader. When you True. just start up, ma, you need to work your way up. Ma. Correct. But when you're in a startup, you kind of get thrown into things. And sometimes it doesn't matter like your uh, education level and your seniority. So sometimes you just get thrown into things and you have to lead people who are a lot older than you or a lot younger than you. There's no dif- like they don't differentiate. Mm-hmm. So it helps a lot in like it helped a lot in my own discernment in like treating people. Okay. Because I have had to tell people because I started off as an intern so I was really really young so by the time I was like 21 I've already been in the company for like a few years and people who just joined yeah I started at like 18 19 and as an intern first and then I transitioned into full time into like part time-ish consultant-ish and then full time after I graduated okay yeah and when I was full time I already had like a few years of experience, right? So I was naturally above people who graduated and then joined. Yep. So they're older than me. Oh. Yeah. And I still have to tell them what to do because I'm like their manager. But you have to deal with a lot of like um subconscious things like them not respecting you because you're younger. I had to deal with a lot of that. How do you handle that? Just don't care about age, long. So I I ha- I can't the the bad thing about Star is that I cannot act my age. Okay. I have to be more mature than I was. You have to act your work age. age. Yes. So it doesn't matter if I'm 19. If I'm a manager, I have to act like a manager. Okay. Yeah. So even if they don't respect me, I have to act like how a manager would act. I can't be like retreat back into my cell maybe shell and be like, <laughs> I just have to take it in stride. Yeah. And I feel like in, in MNCs it's quite hard to come to that situation because you progress like it's like a ladder right so everyone yep. above you is like naturally a, a little bit older than you a little bit older than you because they were in your path Correct. before that Correct. yeah so it's a lot different now. yeah and you really have to adapt in terms of like how are you going to lead a team who have like more life experiences than you mm. like how do you tell yourself that you have enough power and you have enough expertise you, yeah to be their leader I learned quite a lot la. Coming from an SME because when I was in poly I actually did an internship in, in a law firm which had about I think shit, 3 to 400 lawyers so I don't think it's something that's particularly enjoyable because for me I, I, I think that I like to think out of the box which an SME or an MSC will not allow you to do Yeah, I agree Yeah, so with that in mind, you will still be interested in trying an MNC? I'll still want to try lah. Because the things that MNCs have that startups don't have is a structure. Yep. And a lot of the time, startups don't have processes in place. 
Yep. But you do need them for things to flow like uh, efficiently. Especially when it becomes bigger yeah. and bigger. So technically, um, me going to MNC is to figure out like what the processes are so that I myself know. Mm. Because me starting from a startup and having no other experience, I don't know any fucking processes. Every process, every process I came out with myself and I don't even know what it's <laughs> No, I just like freaking wing it. I don't even know whether this is what outside people do. Okay. Yeah. But I think the the there are like two different types of people, right? Like there are people like me, like I really like to involve myself in every single shit. Like I'm like damn capable. Everything also got opinion. Mm-hmm. Everything also wanna talk. Every <laughs> idea also wanna share. Okay. Then people like me will be suitable in working in a startup huh? because in a startup you have to pre- be prepared to lead things and mm. you have to be, be prepared to add value. add value to every conversation like my boss always asks us like what, what do we think what do we think what do the interns think like interns can make decisions mm. for like big events and then like we can like all discuss and she always leaves the decision making power up to us oh she's that nice yeah yeah I mean I wouldn't say it's nice but she really really trusted us although mm. we had no experience because we had a lot of ideas for the company and she yeah. also wanted the, the company to grow yeah so she was very willing to take any idea lah. she's just like oh just try only lah. like if you fail then we try again okay I think there's a lot of startup mindset lah. but I do have colleagues who cannot adapt because they and I'm not faulting this because different people have different perspective of work yeah. but there are people who just want to go to work to go to work they just want to get that coin and like get the fucked out. Okay. Which is like which was my attitude towards school uh, Like I was I just want to get my degree and get the fucked out. <laughs> so it's the same. So I will say for people like that, a startup environment will not be suitable because you really need to push yourself to learn things. Mm. If you are just there day in, day out doing the same things, you're okay doing the same things, you're okay with uh, people telling you what to do, you just want to do things that you are supposed to do and you don't want to do anything more. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think in that, if that's the case, then an SME and MNC will be more suitable. I will have to say that in a startup, the hierarchy is pretty flat. Mm. I like to shut up my boss. <laughs> Just kidding. Wait, but is your, but how, is your boss like much older than you or like similar oh, age? Basically, the average age in my ex-company was below 30. When I first joined the company, I was 19. I was the youngest. When you're 19, how old was your boss? 27? Oh, yeah. that's not too far off. Huh? Yeah, she's still quite relatable. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's really fun. Because, you, you know, in startups, you get a younger um, crowd. It's usually like younger, average age group. Huh? Mm. So, it, it's there's really a difference because you just treat them like friends. I treat my boss like a friend. Yeah. I mean, I can't say the same for all the other startups. Like maybe the other startups, the boss fucking strict. And then everyone else is very close because the team was so small. But in in the same like context, like everyone had to pick up each other's shit because the team is so small. Mm. So you can't complain lah when you have to pick up someone's shit. Can be like you can't be like wow fuck lah. This one not do my job. Why am I doing this? We just do it because like we just have each other. So uh, there's this expectation to be an octopus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the topic on like salary and passion. How how would you advise? someone to try and balance the two. Let's just say someone wants to, to, to enjoy a high income job, but at the same time, they want to have a start at their passion or so. So over time, you can build into something that they can live off on. Like what would you give them for advice okay. since you're a freelancer now? Currently, I'm freelance. I'm still freelancing for my previous, my ex-company. Yep. So um, what they're doing a lot now is that they are hiring a lot of 
freelancers and part-timers, like people with their own side businesses. Mm. Because my boss sees the value in people who are entrepreneurial. Okay. And, entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. <laughs> and um, she thinks that it's more worth it to hire someone who has their own hustle because they will know what it feels like. Yeah. Which that makes sense. Uh. Yeah, which I agree with. La. So I don't know if this is very rare to find in the current industry, but I will say um, if you want to work on like a, pa- a side project, like a passion project, uh, you should bring it, up, bring it up with your potential or current employer because it's not always allowed. Mm. Yeah, but if it's allowed, then it's great. La. Yeah. But it's going to be tough on you because um, if you're doing your full time job, you have to give your all. Ma, it's yeah. not your full time job, which reserves only weekends for you to like pursue your other passions. Yeah. And a lot of the times in startups, you will have to sacrifice your weekend time also. Yeah. So if you can figure it out, then that's good for you. I mean, it worked out great for me. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's really important to do other things other than your own full time job. La. Even though it's damn sad. Your whole life is just swallowed by your job. Okay, now that you have held a full-time job and then after that you actually took the courage to move into freelancing, right? Would you advise people to, to freelance? Okay, to be honest, right, I wouldn't even say that I'm a good freelancer. I think I'm very lazy, sir. Why then? Because I like sleep all the time. Okay, um, technically, right, right now, I'm still like on a kind of break, kind of Mood la, like mm. I still need a break. So like not full hustle more yet la. Yeah, but I will say I only work like four days a week. Okay. Four out of seven days a week I work. The rest okay. is spent on sleeping. So um to me right to be a freelancer you need to be very sure of what sells. Okay. What skill of yours sell. Okay. And then you also need to be very um strategic in getting your business because you are counting on yourself now. So it's either you go and cold call and like do sales for yourself or you have a lot of contacts that can give you business. If you really do have either skill, you cannot cold call and you don't have contacts, then I'll say there's no point in freelancing, like you will never get business. Mm. Yeah. But social media with like the whole advent. No, but that one is doing sales, ma. but you know some people don't like to do sales. Because oh. you can have a great social media account, you can have a great portfolio, but if you don't put yourself out there, people are not going to find you. There are like thousands and millions of portfolios. Oh, true. So, the, so a person can no longer behave like an employee. Yeah, you have to push yourself. It's mm. like you are the entrepreneur and you are your business and you have to sell yourself. Okay. Yeah. And you also have to be very structured with your timing. So, um, because I have to handle a lot of clients at once, right? Yeah. I find it very hard to even track the time spent on each project, but that's the ideal way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know exactly how many hours you put into week, how many projects, and like how you need to price and everything. And then basically everything you have to do yourself. The admin work, you have to send invoices, you have to send contracts. Mm. You have to do the work, you have to um communicate with your clients, you have to like buddy buddy with them, then after that you have to chase them to pay you, everything you have to do yourself. Mm. So if you're not an independent person, then I think it's very hard. Okay. And if you cannot get out of bed without someone telling you that it's time to fucking work, then it's also very hard. Okay. Yeah. And also there's this other thing that a lot of freelancers face is that a lot of them because before I became a freelance I read a lot of like blogs and stuff uh, to yep. decide whether I want to do it. Yeah. So a lot of them have this problem of being lonely. 
or because no more social interaction and colleagues. Yeah, and a lot of them cannot take it because they are just home every day by themselves. If they go and work, they work on the, they work by themselves. Yeah. So yeah, you also have to be comfortable being alone. So I guess now with co-working spaces and all that, it solves it sort of solves that issue. Um, I would say that co-working spaces are not that common if you are just starting out because they're quite expensive. Lane. Oh, that's true, lah. Yeah. So if you're just starting out, you just really have to be comfortable alone. Like I, I'm really alone most of the time now. Hmm. Are you comfortable being alone? Yeah, I love, I love to sleep. <laughs> okay, so how long have you been doing this freelance thing? Uh, about two to three months. And how has your personal experience been like? Because now you say you only work four or seven days, which is like the dream for many people, right? Yeah. But what would you say is To like, be honest, I'm, I'm only sticking to this because like do this freelance thing as long as it can pay the same amount as my previous job. Okay. So once it doesn't pay the same amount or I feel that like my clients, like nobody's coming to me, I can't find anyone who wants to work with me, then I will revert back to a full-time job, I feel. Because to me, the financial security is still very important. Like I don't have that much savings to be like... Yeah, because the muscle hierarchy and all. Yeah, so as of now, it has been working and I've been very lucky to have a lot of contacts. Mm. So th- I haven't even been doing sales for myself. They have been, I've just been working on like referral clients and all that. That's good. Yeah, but um, I'm pretty sure in the near future, I'll have to go out and hustle law. But let's just say this thing works out for you and then you're able to increase your income year by year and year. Would you still want to go back to an MNC, an agency, for example? Um, to be very honest, if this works right, I think I'll continue doing it because the time spent is really a lot lesser. Eh? And then you're earning money for yourself, not for someone else. Right. So it's not like you take a cut of the whatever sales you make. You mm. take the 100%. Yeah. And the only reason why I'm doing this is because I'm starting other stuff like my friends. I want to start like businesses and stuff. I'm an entrepreneur. Oh. Yeah, so I want to do this while I'm young. Like, I don't have any responsibilities yet. That's true. But some people don't have that kind of thoughts, man. Like they don't, they're not. Like, they don't want to start businesses. They just want to work long. Just want to get the coin, uh. Then you, you all just work long. Mm. You all just work till you die, long. <laughs> so straightforward. Sorry. But do you do you value the the artistic flexibility, freedom? Now um, that you are working for yourself. To be honest, I wouldn't say a freelancer has a lot more artistic freedom as compared to being a fully employed designer. Why not? Because it always depends on the client. It always okay. depends on what the client wants. Although, as a freelancer, I feel that I have come across a lot of clients who are very clueless okay. about design. Yeah. Which makes it easier for me because I can advise them. Mm. I'll be like, oh, I personally think this looks better. Then they'll be like, oh yeah, okay. But you know like, I don't know somehow when I was in my previous company, like they fucking demanding lah, like they think they fucking smart. <laughs> then whatever you suggest, they're like, how do you know that this is better? No, I want it my way, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are clients like that, like in the freelance, but at least I have a choice to reject them. Yeah. If I see like all these great uh, lights when I first meet the client. So in that sense, yeah, sure. I guess I have more flexibility. I, have, I can decide for myself who I want to take on. And I can decide how much I'm worth. Mm. Yeah. Okay, then I, I recall just now you said that before you actually decided to jump into freelance, you went to read like articles, blogs, etc. Right? Yes. So what advice would you give to people who are actually considering 
doing the same thing as you? Like how do they even freelance? Uh, I can only speak for designers lah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, firstly, pick your job. <laughs> okay. Then secondly, you have to do up your portfolio. Which you... Although I still don't have my portfolio. <laughs> okay, I'm not a good example, but... Uh, I would say, just reach out to your friends. I think it really helped when I posted on my Insta story that I'm doing freelance now. Because mm. quite a few of my friends reached out. Because um, your friends may not need, but they may have friends who need. Mm. And your name will pop up and then they will refer people to you. That's true, and that's true. once you can refer your client, then you will just have to learn from there really. Because when I got my first client, I also didn't know what the fuck, I didn't know how to say invoice. I, I mean, I, I learned all this in my previous job. Yeah. But if in your previous full-time job, you didn't have experience doing this, then you just have to learn as it goes. Because there are no hard and fast rules what, in freelancing. Yeah. yeah. So you just have to make up like what works for you and what doesn't and just go from there along. Okay. Yeah. So what advice that I will give to people who are actually considering freelance or even looking for a side hustle, right, is that they can start looking at what they've picked up over the past 20 years of their life that they spent on education because I think a lot of us tend to forget that we have spent 20 years of our life on education where we pick up skills like writing skills, research skills, public speaking skills and all of these can be utilized to make money doing it for other people who, who need it, right? And I think that on top of that, that the skills you pick up at work can also be, be used Especially those with like IT related skills. Now it's like the super hot and in thing like coding, programming, yeah. creating websites, and as what you did, designing stuff. So like I have friends who are good with flower arrangement and they, they do that as their side hustle also. So I feel like there are really, really many ways to start a side hustle. It's really about whether we, we want to spend the time to think about what we're good at and how to really uh, maximize that to increase our earning power. So, when you do your freelance work, other than putting it on social media, are there any like other platforms that you use? Um, previously when I was in full time, we do engage in a lot of Fiverr, like people on Fiverr lah. Mm. So things like Fiverr, Upwork, um, I think there's another one called like 99 Designs or something. They are all like freelancer websites where you can hire freelancers to do things for you. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not just design. So there are people who translate. Okay. There are people who do videos, there are people who like proofread your stuff, there are people who build websites. So basically anything uh. Yeah, so if you I think if you want you are thinking of becoming a freelancer but you hate the idea of doing sales mm. and doing cold calling and like going out to sell yourself, right? Then you can start on those platforms. Okay. Because they automatically like match like people it's like a marketplace man. Yeah. So if people want they can choose you lah. I mean fair enough. Fair game lah, there are all, a lot of other choices also, but yeah. you just need to like make your portfolio that good. Yeah. Then they may choose you, but the downside is that they really pay very little. Because it, it's competitive ma, you need to fight with the other people who are on the platform and it's really quite cheap. Like the hourly rate or the whatever rate. So that's the only downside lah, I feel. But would you see it as like the, as compared to if you do sales yourself and you find your own client, right? As compared to doing it on like Fiverr, Upwork and other platforms, do you feel like the lower fee you get is actually still fair because you don't have to put in effort to get sales? Yes, but I feel like all these freelance websites right, are only good for short-term projects that are like, nah, they, mm. like one week you get your money, a few days you get your money. So I will say don't count on it for bigger projects that are in like the thousands of dollars because okay. if you really need like 
those short term cash right, that is a good idea la. You can just do things like translation, freaking what one hour you just translate you get like 30, 40 bucks really? Huh for one hour? Yeah yeah. Isn't it quite low? No, the translation is by words ma, it's not okay. by the time it takes. So if you're really good at language, you can just it's very easy to translate what something, a document. Oh, true yeah, then you just put the money low. And like for, for people who, who write a lot, right, and like you're good at writing, I think medium is one one way to to submit content and get paid for it. And in the Singaporean version, the woke salary man is doing something similar also. So they are actually looking for content producers to like write articles. If I'm not wrong, if I remember correctly, they're actually paying 500 per accepted article, which is pretty good money. If, if you can really write well, maybe you can finish an article within three to four hours, five to six hours, and that's pretty good money per hour. Lah. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can do on the weekends on top of your your MNC job, for example. But to be honest, before you all get into freelance or like before you all start doing any side hustle, it's best to check with your employer like, if you're already employed full time. Mm. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're found out. Yeah, just do not might. get into any trouble. Don't say we never warn you. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, don't say we ask you to do side hustle. Uh, we never. <laughs> you must ask your employer. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it for today. Okay, so if you have any other questions about like, you know, jobs and stuff, um, pay. Career advice. If you need freelance advice, I mean, I just started, so I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Yeah. If you want to struggle with me doing freelancing, you can DM us, or you can just tweet us, whatever, whatever you want. If you got my number, you can text me. Only if you have my number. <laughs> uh, Do you have an email? Don't email lah. Email is so dinosaur age. Hey, you say whatever. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's very easy to reach us. Seth.finance on Instagram, Seth underscore finance on Twitter. And do check back for the next episode next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. We're going to talk about traveling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Hi guys, so in light of the Wuhan virus that's happening all around the world right now, right? Um, we've actually created an Instagram post to, to share about the latest news and also some important information that I think might be really useful to y'all. So head on over to self.finance um, on our Instagram and you can read more about the post there. And also if y'all have my number, I would have probably sent it to y'all through WhatsApp already. So. Stay safe guys and and really be healthy and be aware of your environment and if you are sick, wear a mask, okay? Bye-bye.